And let's sing um, about the best Valentine ever given. God's love for us is so great, you guys. Let's, let's sing some celebration this morning. One, two, three, four. Come all you weary, come all you thirsty, come to the well that never runs dry. Think of the water, come and thirst no more. Come all you sinners, come find his mercy, come to the table he will satisfy. Taste of his goodness, find what you're looking for. For God so loved the world that he gave us, his one and only Son to save us, whoever believes in him will live forever. Jesus is waiting with open arms. For God so loved the world that he gave us, his one and only Son to save us. Whoever believes in him will live forever. The power of hell forever defeated now it is well i'm walking in freedom for god so loved god so loved the world let's give him our praise now praise god praise god from whom all blessings flow praise him praise him for the wonders of his love praise god praise god from whom all blessings flow praise him praise him for the wonders of his love his amazing love for god so His one and only Son to save For God so loved the world that He gave us His one and only Son to save us Whoever believes in Him will live forever The power of hell forever defeated Jesus is waiting. God so loved the world. 
Amen. We can come to the foot of the cross, come to Jesus just as we are. It doesn't matter how imperfect we are. Jesus loves us. He's there for us, and he gives us the grace we need. There is so much uh, fear um, in our world today. And if anybody goes on social media at all, you sure see it right away. And as, as believers in Christ, the Scripture tells us we need not fear. Uh, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And when we stand in God's love, we need not fear. So we're going to sing this song called Stand in Your Love. And you, you know that in Christ's love, um, fear does not defeat us. So let's sing about that. darkness tries to roll over my bones when sorrow comes to steal the joy I own when brokenness and pain is all I know I won't be shaken oh I won't be shaken my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Shame no longer has a place to hide. I am not a captive to I'm not afraid to leave my past behind Oh, I won't be shaken Oh, I won't be shaken My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love My fear doesn't stand a chance Stand a chance when I stand in 
Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home what joy shall fill my heart and I shall bow with God, how great Thou art, then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou art, then sings my Again, just your voices. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art! How great Thou art! Then sings my are so great. How beautiful to hear the voices of your children, Father, bringing glory to you. Now we ask you to build up our faith, Lord. Teach us from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi. Happy Valentine's Day. There's always, there's always one. There's always one. Don't clap for him. Well, good morning. You better stay in the seat, man. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, happy Valentine's Day. So uh, I'm not uh, going to... Oh, what happened on my... There it is. I'm not going to be preaching this morning, but I get to do a... a um, I don't... I'm, I'm going to find another church, Okay. Hey, no, welcome. My name's Jesse, if I haven't met you, and uh, part of the pastoral team here, and I get to do a baby dedication today. And so I want to introduce you to uh, an amazing family, Matt and Bryn Weed, if you guys want to come up and bring your whole clan with you. And um, I get to dedicate uh, Crosby, which is the... So here's what's really cool. Matt, Matt and Bryn... Uh, are in the business of children, as you can tell, <laughs> and um, and two for one, two, two for one yeah. And uh, uh, they've had some kids of their own, and then they've they've also fostered and adopted. 
And if you ever have a, an opportunity, if you're interested in fostering or if you're interested in adopting, and if you just want to hear some incredible stories, Matt and Bryn have them. They're, they're, they're some of the most adventurous people that you will ever meet. They take, they've got a van that they drive their kids everywhere. They're dedicated right now to doing, what is it, 1,000 hours uh, outside every year. Uh, and so there's Judah running around and, and Emery, and it's just they said chaos, which is awesome. So... If you could bring little Crosby over here to me. The magical beard. You want the microphone? Say hi. No? Okay. So um, this is Crosby, and, uh, and we're going to dedicate him. So this is how, how we, we do this at Seer Bible Church. When we... Uh, dedicate a child to the Lord. We recognize that there isn't anything magical or super spiritual that happens here when we do it. We're just asking for a couple different things. One is Matt and Brent have said, you know what, this is our church family, and we want to express to our church family uh, that we want to raise Crosby uh, according to all of the ways of the Lord and to teach Crosby the gospel and who Jesus is. And then likewise, they want your help in it because they need they need your help. <laughs> they <laughs> Dude, they're all over the state. They're like, look at this. They're like kittens. It's so cool. Um, and uh, <laughs> they asked me, they said, do you want the entire family up for the dedication? And I said, yes. And she said, you're a glutton for punishment. I said, let's do it. It's going to be a blast. So um, uh, so here's how we do this. We, we do it like a kind of... <laughs> we do... Oh, man, this is so awesome. This is so awesome. I love it. Um, we do this kind of like a covenant. So <laughs> come back. Um, and, uh, and so here's, here's what we do. This is, this is kind of like a wedding a little bit, uh, but not, not quite as committed. And so Matt and Bryn, do you covenant with your church and before the Lord to do everything you can to teach Crosby the word of God and the gospel of Jesus, who Jesus is? Do you, would you covenant with us uh, in that? Amen. And then church, they want your help. As they said, if you see them on a Sunday... These kids are all used to just being loved on by a church family. Grab one, take them to Children's Church, help them out. Uh, but they're asking for your help as well. And so Sierra Bible Church, would you covenant with Matt and Bryn Weed to help them and guide them in loving Crosby, teaching him the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Roughly 20 people are really excited. The rest are scared. <laughs> all right. Let's pray. Lord, we... Um, We thank you that the gospel is all about adoption. Lord, that that once we were far off, and through you, you've brought us near. And we thank you, Lord, for Matt and Bryn bringing these kids near to them, near to the church, but more importantly, in proximity and nearness to you. I pray that Crosby would come to know you, to know the gospel, to love the word, and to love the person that is Jesus. And so, though Matt and Bryn will be raising Crosby, ultimately, Lord, we trust you to guide and to lead as you see fit. Would you take care of Crosby? Would you guard him and protect him as well as the rest of the Weed clan? We love them, and we bless them now, Lord. In Jesus' name, the church said, amen. Amen. All right. That's it. You can take him to Children's Church. Here. This, Bryn. <laughs> Didn't that-
that great? I think that's probably one of my favorite things I've done over the years as a pastor is dedicate babies. And I am so thrilled that we're part of a church that's not afraid to have babies. They just keep coming. They just keep coming. Hi, if you haven't met me, I'm Pastor Wayne. And I want to welcome you in this room today that are here. I want to welcome those who are watching online. And before we get into the Word today, I'll, I'll give you a little head start here. You can turn in your Bibles to <laughs> 1 Kings 19. I had to have, Brad had to come up here and straighten me out on this in the first service. I'm going to try and do it without his assistance this time. And while you're turning, there are a couple of announcements I want to make. First of all, we let you know of a need that So Ministries has. So, so Ministries Serving Orphans and Widows, a ministry in Mexico that we have supported for a long time. And Travis used to be part of this church. He went to uh, uh, school with Jesse down at Horizon Fellowship many, 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 many years ago. And they have a need. They've bought a piece of property. They're getting ready to build a baby house to where they can take children that are little tiny ones because in Mexico there aren't any orphanages for infants. And they're building an orphanage for infants. And one thing that they needed to do, they needed to have a building that could house people that come down to help, house somebody that probably on the property for security purposes. And they found across the border in the San Diego area a double-wide mobile home that somebody sold it to them for $15,000 and said that they would bring it down there and they would set it up for them for that price. And we put that need out to the body. And guess what? It's all done. The, the, the mobile home is paid for in full. And thank you so very much for having taking part in this because it's going to be a huge blessing to... Travis and Amber and their family into that ministry in the days ahead. And then in your bulletin, if you turn there, there's a, an ad in there for Biblical Principles of Government class at SBC. I don't know if you know this or not. I mention this every wedding ceremony that I do, that in the beginning, God established three institutions, the home, the church, and the state. The, the home being the oldest and the most sacred of them all. But God ordained these institutions. And we are going to be having a friend, Mike Winther, is going to be coming here on, well, you see it right there, March 5th, that Friday evening from 5 to 9 p.m. And then the next day, on Saturday from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., Mike Winther is an incredible, incredible teacher. And uh, we need to have you sign up if you want to be part of this because there's going to be refreshments and lunch served and it's going to be all catered. It's going to be free. There's going to be child care. But we need to know how many people we're going to expect uh, or we're going to have to pray over the loaves and fishes and, you know, multiply them. So this is going to be a great time. Uh, you'll love this teaching and come away just better prepared and understanding how God fits into all of these units. So, March 5, March 6, March 5 in the evening, 5 to 9, and then 9 to 3 the next day. Uh, you can sign up at the information booth. Then also, something that's kind of important to us, on your bulletin, there's a little tear-off, where you can put on your name, your address, your email, 
and all your information. Every Monday, we send out a newsletter to the congregation, and it's sent out via email. And for me, it's one of my favorite mailings all week long because it really tells us what's going on at Sierra Bible Church, when it's going on, who's involved, and what's there for you to uh, be part of or to participate in. But we need your email. So if you would fill this out, put it in one of the offering boxes, we will make sure that you get put on that list real soon. So, what a day. I, uh, you know, when I was preaching two or three times a week, I probably took it for granted sometimes, and now, you know, as Pastor Jesse's assistant and preaching, you know, half a dozen to a dozen times a year, these times are precious. And I also come with a renewed understanding of the responsibility it is to proclaim God's word to God's people. James says, be not many teachers, for we shall incur a stricter judgment. I understand to the core of my being that one day I'm going to stand before God and give an account for the thousands of sermons I've preached in the last 45 years. And because of that, I want to honor his word in the reading of it and the preaching of it. And because of that, he scares me a whole lot more than you do. And so we try to stay true to the word of God and recognizing that the word of God on any given occasion does two things. It comforts the afflicted, and it afflicts the comfortable. So one way or another, the Holy Spirit's here ready to do a work in our lives today. And so would you stand with me as we read from 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning with verse 1. <clears throat> Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with a sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid, and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake, baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. There he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, 
the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountain and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword, and I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael, the king over Syria, and Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Meholah, you shall anoint to be a prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Hazael shall Jehu put to death, and the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Father in heaven, I pray you would open up the wonders of this precious old book to us today. Let us sense you in these words. Let us sense you in this place. Let us sense the eternal nature of your word that was as real speaking to Elijah in his day and is as real speaking to us today because you are the God who does not change and is your word that stands fast forever and ever. So, Lord, if there's any changing need to be done, let it be our hearts as we place them under the authority of your word this morning. And as we pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Before we take off, we need just a little bit of background. Because in your Bible, as in mine, I think, chapter 18 precedes chapter 19. Is that how it is in yours? Isn't that great? Chapter 18 tells us of one of the great showdowns in the Old Testament. The showdown between the prophet Elijah and 450 prophets of Baal. And here's what's happening. The people of Israel have been seduced by Baal, the god of the Canaanites. A demonic god who was worshipped with sex acts and child sacrifice. And it appears that they were trying to play both sides of the theological fence. And in chapter 18, verse 21, Elijah throws the gauntlet down. And he says, and Elijah came, er, yes, 18:21. And Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you go limping between two different opinions? The better translation of this verse is, How long will you hesitate between two opinions? Like I said, they're trying to play both sides of the fence. So Elijah says, if the Lord is God, follow him. 
And if Baal is God, then follow him. And here was his proposal to work this whole thing out. Verse 22. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let two bulls be given to us, and let them choose one bull for themselves and cut it to pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood and put no fire to it. And you call upon the name of your God, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. And the God who answers with fire, he is God. The text goes on to say that Baal's prophets prepared their altar. The stones for the altar, the wood on the altar, the the cut-up bull on top of the altar. And then they began crying out to their God. And they cried out to Baal from morning until noon. And at noon, Elijah started messing with them. He started mocking them. Cry louder! Cry louder! Maybe he's asleep! Cry louder! Cry louder! Perhaps he's on a long journey. And I love this one. Cry louder! Cry louder! Maybe he's going to the bathroom. And about that time, these prophets got a little desperate. Things were not working out well for them. And so, in their desperation, they began cutting themselves. And soon all the prophets of Baal were gushing blood. They continued to rant and rave until evening. And at that point, Elijah then built his altar. Put the wood and the bull on it, and then he drenched the altar with water. And then he called out to the God of Israel, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. And upon the finishing of that prayer, fire fell from heaven. It consumed the bull. It consumed the wood. It even consumed the stones of which the altar was constructed. And then the people in unison fell on their face crying out, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Elijah then called for him to seize the 450 prophets of Baal and bring them to him, and they did. And Elijah put them to death. In fact, my Bible says he slaughtered them. What a day. What a day. I love the prophet Elijah, and when I study the prophet Elijah, I see this event as a high water mark in his career as a prophet. But then comes chapter 19. When Queen Jezebel heard of the slaughter of the prophets, she sent a messenger to Elijah with a threat to kill him before the sun sets tomorrow. Now here's where the story starts going a little sideways on us. Then this great man of God, who just called down fire from heaven, who just put to the sword the 450 false prophets of Baal, fearing for his life, fled to Beersheba. No insignificant journey. I mean, when he got out of Dodge, he got out of Dodge. Beersheba was 120 miles from the site of the showdown with the prophets of Baal. He fled to Beersheba. 
from Beersheba. He leaves his servant there, and he goes another day's journey into the wilderness. And here, spiritually, emotionally, and physically spent, Elijah begs God to kill him. Just take my life, God. Just take my life. Spent as he were, as he was, he fell asleep in the shade of a broom tree. Twice, he was awakened by an angel who fed him angel food, cake, and water. Isn't that what it says? That's what my translation says. And he looked and behold, at his head was a cake baked on the hot rocks. What else kind of, what other kind of cake would you get? Yeah. And it must have been good stuff because he went in the strength of that angel food cake for 40 days and 40 nights. Verse 8 tells us that Elijah then went to Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. Now I want you to understand this. From where he was laying out in the wilderness under the broom tree, it's another 200 miles to Mount Horeb. 200 miles. No wonder he needed angel food cake that would last him for 40 days. Think of this. He's come 120 already. He's got another 200 before him. If you know the history of Mount Horeb, which is also known as Mount Sinai, you'll also remember that it was here that Moses first met God face to face in a burning bush. It was here on this mountain that he received the Ten Commandments. And what Elijah proposed to do here, we do not know. The text doesn't give us a clue. Maybe it was to bolster his faith at the site where God revealed himself to Moses. The text tells us upon arriving at Mount Horeb, he found a cave in which to lodge. And then one day, the Lord spoke to him, saying, Elijah, what are you doing here? And Elijah's answer is in verse 10. I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life. Take it away. God told him to go out of the cave, out onto the mountain. And when he did, he witnessed an incredible display of wind and earthquake and fire. But God was not in any of those displays. Following the great sound and light show, God spoke to Elijah in a quiet whisper, or as the King James Version puts it, a still, small voice. And once again, God's question to Elijah is, what are you doing here, Elijah? To which Elijah repeats his pitiful mantra in verse 14. I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life. Take it away. And then, without further ado or explanation, 
God tells him to return from where he came. That's got to be a little aggravating. You've come 320 miles only to be told to go back. But God added a caveat to it, and it was in the Wayne Hoig uh, translation of the 19th chapter of Kings. God said to Elijah, Hey, buddy, I want you to know you're not the lone ranger. 7,000 of your countrymen have not bowed their knee to Baal or kissed him. You are not alone. Now go. Go and anoint Hazael, king of Syria, Jehu, king of Israel, and Elisha as the prophet who is going to take your place. Some of you, either online or in this room today, may not know this, but before Pastor Jesse, I was the senior pastor of Sierra Bible Church for 27 years. In the summer of 2013, God made it clear to me, as he had chosen Elisha to succeed Elijah, that he had chosen Jesse Richardson to succeed me. And over the next four years, we prepared for the day that Jesse would become the senior pastor of Sierra Bible Church. I want to make a confession to you today, and I want you to know this is as true as I can speak it. There were times during that four years that I would wake up in the middle of the night in sheer panic, in a cold sweat, wondering, what have I done And what forces have I unleashed upon Sierra Bible Church? That's the truth. The temptation was great during that four years to short-circuit this thing. To say, okay, we're kidding. Uncle, uncle. But in those moments when doubt and fear would fill my heart, God would speak to my soul. If you will obey in this matter, the most fruitful, powerful, and productive days of the ministry of this church will be out ahead, not in the rearview mirror. So on Sunday, June 4th, 2017, I passed the baton to Pastor Jesse and have not looked back. And God has been true to his word. I hope you've been paying attention. And though the last year for all of us has been a year of years, we as a church have witnessed God's miraculous provision. Are you with me? We have seen God move, we've seen God provide, we've seen God protect in ways that leaves us with our mouths hanging open. And I believe that it is so because we have been faithful to our calling. We have refused to get caught in the side eddies of all the junk that's happening in our world and we have stayed in the middle of the road proclaiming the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing that it's the only answer that has any answers. Whether it's for COVID or racial unrest or hatred and strife or political unrest. Jesus is the only one that has the answer. 
I remember in 2016, right after President Trump was elected as president, there was a family in our church at that time that was so afraid that, you know, things were going to come unwound in a great way if he got if he got elected. And the day after he got elected, they called me on the phone and they said, well, is it going to be business as usual at Sierra Bible Church? And I said, if you mean by business as usual, are we going to keep proclaiming the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes. And at that point, they left the church because they wanted us to come to this pulpit with something other than the life-sustaining, soul-sustaining gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that sustains us and keeps us spiritually, emotionally, and physically when we make it the rule for our life. If the truth be known, and we could do a little survey today, starting right here, we're kind of all tired of the last year, aren't we? Anybody here? You know, we're, we're, we're tired. We're, we're longing for something else. We're longing for some relief. And if the truth be known, in times like this, maybe even tempted to give up and lay down under our own personal broom tree. In the past few months, God has borne his heart to us so powerfully from Paul's first epistle to Timothy. That letter has described to us through the messages that Pastor Jesse has brought what it is the church is to be and what it is the church is to be doing. And it's crystal clear. The messages that we have received from 1 Timothy have reminded me of one of my favorite definitions of grace. Grace. The empowering presence of God that fits us to be all that he has created us to be and to do all that he has called us to do. Let me say that once more. Grace, the empowering presence of God that fits us to be all that he has created us to be and to do all that he has called us to do. Now, I know somebody's... I'm. I'm going to jump in before you do here. Yes, we are indeed saved by grace, the unmerited favor of God. Okay? I got that out. But also it is by grace that God equips us to serve Him. It is by grace that God equips us to serve one another. It is by grace that He's equipping us to serve the world outside of our door. And I want you to know this morning that our God... He is ready, He is willing, and He is able to empower us as a church. He is ready, willing, and able to empower us as individuals. And to those who may be tempted to retreat into the caves of fear and doubt, God is saying, Hey, you! What are you doing here? My friends, there is a work to be done. And it is a work that cannot be done if we're sleeping under our broom trees and hiding in our caves. It is a work that will take all of us together to be accomplished. And no matter what the lay of the land looks like outside of our door, I'm still convinced that the best days still lie out ahead of us because Jesus is already standing in our tomorrow waiting for us to arrive. But to recognize the opportunities, to seize the day as it were, 
It will take men and women of faith, men and women of courage, who are discerning and who are willing on a daily basis to take faith-filled risk. Christ is looking for those who will take up their crosses, deny themselves daily, and boldly follow Him. Like the church of Philadelphia in Revelation, God is set before us an open door. An open door of opportunity which no man can shut. Yesterday I listened to a message from John Stumbo, the president of the Christian Missionary Alliance. The subject of his message was change. And he spoke of the things that have changed in the past year. And then he also spoke of the things that haven't changed. And here's a list of his things that have not changed. Our Lord Jesus has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our calling and our mission has not changed. We've been entrusted with the proclamation of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in sight of this room and outside of this room. The source of our empowerment has not changed. The same Holy Spirit who raised Christ from the dead now dwells in us to equip us for the work to which Christ has called us, especially during times of trial and tribulation. I am a history student of both world history and the church history. And I'll tell you what, the church's finest hours have been in times of trial and tribulation. And like the firemen that ran into the Twin Towers when everybody else was running out, when you study church history and and trial and tribulation is gripping the land and gripping the people, it's the Christians that are running in while everyone else is running out. Because they run in with a confidence and a hope in the Lord Jesus Christ and His gospel. And the answers that it holds for the world, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. In some ways, that message is more keenly heard in times of trial and tribulation. Our mutual responsibility for this work has not changed. We cannot do this alone. We desperately need to partner with one another. And I might dare say that my understanding over the years, my coming to an understanding over the years of how much we need one another is pretty keen. Twenty-nine times in the New Testament there are admonitions of what we are to be and do for one another. And when we be that and when we do that, Christ changes us collectively and individually more and more into His image. That when we're released from here Sunday after Sunday, that there's a light that goes into our community. There's an aroma that goes into our community. The fragrance of Christ clings to your robes as you pass and through your jobs and through your recreations and through your schoolings. As we take what we're getting in here to proclaim it to a world out there that is so full of fear, so full of doubt, so full of depression and despondency. We're the ones that have the answers. 
that they desperately need, but you are going to have to be willing to boldly take those answers into the corridors where the people are hanging out who desperately need that answer. But my brothers and sisters, at times like this, the temptation to sleep under the broom tree is great. The urge to hang out in our own personal caves is tempting. We have not been called to retreat. We've been called to advance. We've been called to move forward under the banner of the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let this be lost on you. Elijah had traveled over 300 miles from Mount Carmel to Mount Horeb, only to be sent back by God. (laughs) Your calling's not on this mountain, Elijah. Your calling's back there. Go, return. Go, return. And do the work that I've commissioned you to do as a prophet. COVID-19, racial unrest, political changes do not change our mandate. They do not change the mandate to which Christ's church has been called. It does not change the mandate to what you have personally as a Christian have been called. And that call is to boldly proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in this room, beyond these walls, until Christ returns. And the lay of the land doesn't change that. Just before the first service this morning, a memory came to me from years ago. I'm always thankful for memories that come from years ago. Do I still have one? For over 20 years, I crisscrossed this nation with a microphone in my hand doing play-by-play sports broadcasting, announcing vintage car races that went coast to coast. Just had a blast out there among the crowds. And every year, if Truckee got into the state playoffs, they would go play their state championship game at Sam Boyd Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I would traipse along and do the play-by-play announcing for the game. I had a partner in crime. His name's John Basio. He was my color commentator. And, you know, it really worked out well when I finally got him to understand, John, when I'm talking, you don't. You know, Kathy, that took an ed- that, there was a learning curve there. You know that? And then I told him years later, I said, John, I just need to be honest with you today. We never turned your mic on. It was a placebo. <laughs> no, we had some good times, didn't we, John? We did. We had some good times. Too bad it had to happen in Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, one year, Truckee went to the state championship game. And the first half, they owned The score at the end of the first half was 20 to nothing. Truckee lost that game 21 to 20. It was as if the teams went in and traded uniforms. And there's a lot of reasons that that happened. We had a little issue with the coach that year, didn't we, John? 
I mean, what was happening on the field, I could, I mean, I was speechless. I, I was just going, uh, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. And everybody back in Truckee and North Lake Tahoe was going, what can't you believe? <laughs> but here's the thing. They went to the locker room, and I don't know what happened. It all went down. 20 to nothing. And they lost that game. 21 to 20. I don't want to be that team. I don't want to be the team that looks in the rearview mirror and say, hey, we've had some good years, only to be skunked in the second half. We are not a retreating family. We are an advancing family. And God has opened up before us a door. He's poured out his Holy Spirit on our lives and in our lives. And he's saying, go forth and go forth boldly. We've never had the opportunity that we have today. I don't know about you, but if you mingle and you wander around town, there's a lot of hopelessness out there, isn't there? There's a lot of despair and there's a lot of fear. Well, I happen to know and you happen to know the one who dispels hopelessness, the one who dispels doubt, the one who dispels fear, the one who fills us with his Holy Spirit, with discernment and courage to go forth and represent his kingdom. And the hour is upon us. And I pray that you are taking into your soul, especially over these last weeks in the, the ministry of First Timothy, I, there were weeks I sat back here with the tears running down my cheeks because God was speaking to us and bearing his heart through Pastor Jesse. And a few weeks ago he did it through Brad Beers back there, and the same thing. He just gripped me. God has said, hey, people, here's the landscape, and it's yours in my name. Brothers and sisters, fight like mad if you have to, the temptation to sneak in under the broom tree for a nap. Fight like mad the temptation to withdraw and hunker down in your cave. Because God sought Elijah and said, Elijah, what are you doing here? Then he sent him back into the fray. And today, I recommission you to go back into the fray. And the power and grace and the love and the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Gracious Father, gracious Holy Father, over the years I've loved the Isaiah, or the Ezekiel, I can, sure I, the Elijah stories, there we go. But in the last couple of weeks, you've shown me things in the Elijah stories that are so pertinent for our story today, February 14th, 2021. In spite of all the things around us that have changed, you've reminded us today of the many things that haven't changed. 
And as the Apostle John would say in his first epistle, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I pray we will take that, we will believe it, we will embrace it, and we will go forth. Lord, we we relish these times together where we can sing and pray and sit under the preaching of your word together and be equipped. But Father, let it not stop in this room. Let us go from this place into a community that is looking for hope and looking for peace and wanting to be uh, released from fear and depression and doubt. Anoint this people, I pray, a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit, and that when they see those around them outside of this room who are gripped by all of those things, that there would be compassion that would well up in their heart and a desire to share with them the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. And and then I even speak to those under the sound of my voice, whether they're in this room or whether they're at home watching online. Oh dear God, if, if fear has frozen us in our tracks and caused us to lie down under the broom tree or hide out in the cave, Father in heaven, release us from the fears and the doubts. Help us to embrace and be embraced again by the one who is greater, the one in us who is greater than he that is in the world. Let us not miss this hour. Let us not look in the rearview mirror and live on past glories. If we do, we'll be like Truckee's football team as they came out of the locker room well ahead to find themselves behind at the end of the game. Oh, Lord Jesus, let us be everlastingly at it until either you take us home or you return to claim your bride. Let us be found faithful. Let us be found faithful. It's in Christ's name we do pray. About 15 years ago, um, I asked myself that question, Deborah, what are you doing here? I had experienced abuse, financial loss. I was a widow, a single mom with three little ones. And it seemed like one thing, major thing after another, was, was taking place in my life and felt very much alone, uh, but I wasn't. Because as a child of God, which is offered to all of us, my Father gave me the grace and strength that I needed to, to stand up and serve my children and uh, love them and give them what they needed. And I know a lot of you sitting here today, I see faces struggling with cancer, um, maybe rebellious teen, uh, maybe divorce, loss, death of a loved one. We go through a lot here on, on this earth and this world. And without the firm foundation that we have in Christ, uh, we would certainly be lost and revert into a cage of, a cave of, of destruction and depression and loss of hope. But praise God that we, 
rise above on the wings of our Lord, and we soar over those mountains that we face every day. I invite you to just sit and listen to the words of this song, and may they speak to you in whatever you're dealing with today, that you can run into the arms of your Father, our Father God, and he will carry you through and comfort you and give you whatever it is you need today. Sometimes hard times fall And I am spent Weary I call Cease relent And here to tempt my fate My foe draws near The hour is late I'm weak, I fear But wait No, I need not tremble Let go, be still Surrender, I know Whatever my path I'm not alone My Father Catches me no matter how fast I'm falling, his love that carries me when I'm lost and broken. I rise like an eagle on wings, I soar over mountains high, singing, You are my father. You are my Father And though I find my rest A tempest roars A further test Comes raging forth My strength begins to fade and so now youth, lost and afraid, alone I fear. But wait, no, I need not tremble. Let go, be still, surrender, I know, whatever my path. I'm not alone My Father catches me No matter how fast I'm falling His love that carries me When I'm lost and broken I rise like an eagle On wings I soar Over mountains high Singing, you are my Father You are my Father And in His arms I shall not want In His arms I do not fear In His arms I have found peace 
how fast I'm falling His love that carries me When I'm lost and broken I rise like an eagle On wings I soar over mountains high Singing you are my Father You are my Father you stand with me and let's sing that chorus together my father catches me no matter how fast I'm falling his love that carries me when I'm lost and broken I rise like an eagle on wings I soar over mountains high singing you are my into the arms of our Father this week. May he bless you. May he give you grace and peace. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week.